Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to another episode of A Sound Heart. We want to give thanks unto the God and Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for this opportunity to meet with his saints. And uh, so we are indeed thankful uh, to God for all His all of his many blessings. And so it is wonderful to meet with you and... Uh, It is my prayer that you would tell others about this broadcast and so that they too may prosper spiritually as they listen to the exposition of the Word of God. Now, tonight I'm going to be teaching from the book of Daniel, but before we get to the passage that I'm going to be teaching tonight on the book of Daniel, uh, we're going to look at some other books of the Old Testament Uh, that are pertinent to uh, our topic. Daniel, uh, there's an old song that says, dare to be a Daniel, dare to stand alone, dare to have a purpose strong, dare, dare to make it known. So Daniel, prophesied in 605 B.C. Now, uh, Ezekiel prophesied in 597 B.C., and Jerusalem was destroyed in 586 B.C. So uh, Daniel, Daniel's character uh, is firmly established in the Word of God. And uh, we're going to look at that. We're going to look at the character of the servant of God. We're going to look at his steadfastness under trial. And uh, there were those associated with the king of Babylon who sought to destroy uh, Daniel. And... Daniel depended exclusively on the Holy Spirit. He knew in his heart that there is no way he could defend his reputation with his accusers because they they were adamant in their stance against Daniel and what he stood for. Uh, And so they knew that there was no inherent character flaw, and so in their deviousness, uh, they knew that they had to attack Daniel on his character and his habits. So they manipulated the king of Babylon into putting together a law 
that was exclusively designed to attack one man, and that is Daniel. Uh, you may not believe that individuals can be that conniving and that devious, but uh, let me say that's that's naive. Uh, Daniel was a godly man, like Job was a godly man, and uh, they they were men of principle uh, who loved the Lord. And there are many other examples in the Word of God uh, of individuals who live uh, and who base whose character. Uh, that is the character of their lives, who they were in their essential being, was formed uh, by the word of God. And we're going to see in the book of Daniel uh, the power of the word. And the, uh, the this virulent form of opposition that attempted to, to destroy uh, Daniel uh, is turned against itself, and those who sought to destroy Daniel uh, were themselves destroyed. Now, when you read carefully about the, the the specific situation and what they put together in order to entrap Daniel, this was entrapment, and understand that if you have decided to live for the Lord today, there will be individuals who belong to the devil who will in, uh, who will attempt to entrap you so as to do you harm. That is real. So, how does and what does the child of God do uh, when this is when this is real? Remember, Paul wrote in Romans eight, "For thy sake we are killed all the day long." Notice the language. Notice uh, the power of the language. Notice, oh, uh, uh, when you and when you read about what Paul suffered in his ministry, uh, you get an idea of what this would entail. For thy sake, we are killed all the day long. Uh, and Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 6, at the end of Galatians 6, he told these, a certain class of individuals, do uh, not bother me anymore or leave me alone, for I bear in my body the stigmata, that is the marks, the brands, the, uh, the marks of Jesus Christ. Paul wrote, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. That type of character uh, is, is from the word of God. It is from the rock uh, that is Jesus himself. These individuals uh, face difficulties and trials and tribulations. And uh, they are they can do so because they believe the word and everything in their lives founded upon that rock. That is the rock of ages, Jesus. So 
have, in Daniel chapter 1, we have these words. Daniel 1.1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. These he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia and put the treasure uh, and put in the treasure house of his God. Now, Babylon is located in an area uh, of Iraq and it is uh, about 60 miles south of Baghdad on the brink, on the banks of the Euphrates River. Now, in the Word of God, uh, for instance, Sodom and Gomorrah represent absolute moral depravity and uh, and political degradation. The Babylon is synonymous with abject apostasy and unbelief. Well, let me say that again. Sodom and Gomorrah represents represent absolute moral depravity and political degradation. Babylon is synonymous with abject apostasy and unbelief. Now, the, the book of Revelation has much to say about Babylon. The book of Daniel, uh, the book of uh, Genesis talks about uh, ancient uh, uh, Babylon and its character. What we read in the book of Daniel is about the Neo-Babylonian Empire. Uh, It is characterized by magic. It is characterized by demonism. It is the first, uh, it is the uh, Gentile world power. It is the head of gold. And uh, the king of Babylon represents the beginning of the time of the Gentiles. So this is very poignant and very important, uh, significant history. Bible only teaches significant history so that you and I would know what is happening, what is going on, so that we are not deceived by the times. God wants us to be able to read the signs of the times. If you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and you are you are faithful to Him, and you are growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, then you realize that the Holy Spirit is your primary teacher, and that though you hear deceptive uh, things about the word of God in certain shows, you know through the spirit of God what is real and what is not real. So we live in a time in which people are finding it difficult to know, well, what do I, what should I believe? You know why you're having that problem? It's because we live in a time uh, in which uh the absolutes of right and wrong have been set aside. 
And so everything today, I need you to look up this word. You get a moment. Look up the word dialectic. People today live in a dialectical reality. And uh, so the, the, they, they, these, uh, the social planners have blown up. They have discarded uh, absolute, uh, the absolute values. And so people are confused and people are bewildered. If you look at, at people carefully, you see the, the, there's this, this existential bewilderment in their presence because they don't know what's going on and what to believe. If you know uh, the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, then if your life is built upon that rock, the, uh, uh, the rock of the person of Jesus, then you, he holds fast to you and you know it. And God protects his own. He protects his children. So, uh, so this, this Jehoiakim, uh, and, and remember, in Je- uh, Daniel 1, 1, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. So I'm going to read to you from uh, second, this is second Chronicles, second Chronicles. Uh, I'm going to chapter 36, verse 5, Second Chronicles 36, 5. Quote, Jehoiakim was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 11 years. He did evil in the eyes of his God. Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, attacked him and bound him with bronze shackles to take him to Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar also took to Babylon articles from the temple of the Lord and put them there in his uh, put them in his temple there. The other events of Jehoiakim's reign. Now notice the historian. Notice he writes the other events of Jehoiakim's reign, the detestable things he did, and all that was found against him, are written. in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. And Jehoiachin, his son, succeeded him as king. So Jehoiachin was 18 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem three months and ten days. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord. In the spring, King Nebuchadnezzar sent for him and brought him to Babylon, together with articles of value from the temple of the Lord. And he made Jehoiachin's uncle, Zedekiah, king over Judah and Jerusalem. So Zedekiah was 21 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 11 years. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord uh, his God and did not humble himself before Jeremiah the prophet who spoke the word of the Lord. He also rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar who made who had uh, made him take an oath in God's name. He became stiff-necked and hardened his heart. Doesn't it remind you of Pharaoh in the book of Exodus? And hardened his heart and would not turn to the Lord, the God of Israel. Furthermore, all the leaders of the priests and the people became more and more unfaithful. This 
Chronicles chapter 36, verse 14. Quote, once again, furthermore, all the leaders of the priests and the people became more and more unfaithful, following all the detestable practices of the nations and defiling the temple of the Lord, which he had consecrated in Jerusalem. The Lord, the God of their fathers, sent word to them through his messengers again and again, because he had pity on his people and on his dwelling place. Now, this is the grace of God extended uh, to these people who, who, are, who are sinning in his presence without remorse, without regret. Verse 16, but they mocked God's messengers, despised his words, and scoffed at his prophets until the wrath of the Lord was aroused against his people and there was no remedy. He brought up against them the king of the Babylonians who killed their young men with the sword in the sanctuary and spared neither young man nor young woman, old man or aged. God handed all of them over to Nebuchadnezzar. God handed all of them over to Nebuchadnezzar. You know, I'm going to stop there for a moment because... When you read Daniel 1, 1, uh, there's not a lot of detail given, but you go back and you read uh, these other references, and there's a reference to this also in, uh, in other parts of the Old Testament, because this is a big deal. And uh, so God in his grace, had pity on his people. But they took his pity for weakness. And they sinned what? They sinned more and more before God. Then he, what did he do? Uh, he brought up against them the king of the Babylonians. See, we don't know God's weapons. We may think we know. Uh, but Listen to the language of the historian. So God handed all of them over to Nebuchadnezzar. God handed all of them over to Nebuchadnezzar. He carried to Babylon all their articles from the temple, both large and small, and the treasures of the Lord's temple and the treasures of the king and his officials. They set fire to God's temple. Now, uh, this is really horrible stuff. And broke down the wall of Jerusalem. They burned all the palaces and destroyed everything of value there. He carried into exile to Babylon the remnant who escaped from the sword. And they became servants to him and his sons until the kingdom of Persia came to power. The land enjoyed its Sabbath rest. All the time of his desolation, it rested until the 70 years were completed in fulfillment of the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah. Now, we go to the book of Jeremiah and chapter 36. This is what 
this is what God uh, God says uh, to Jeremiah, and uh, this is Jeremiah thirty six verse four. So Jeremiah called Baruch, son of Neriah. And while Jeremiah dictated all the words the Lord had spoken to him, Baruch wrote them on a scroll. So uh, the word of God was written down for whom? For the king. Now, this copy of the word of God was delivered to the king. And so now this is Jeremiah 30. It was to be delivered to the king. This is Jeremiah 36:22. It was the ninth month, and the king was sitting in the winter apartment with a fire burning in the fire pot in front of him. Whenever Jehudi read three or four columns of the scroll, the king cut them off with a scribe's knife and threw them into the fire pot until the entire scroll was burned in the fire. The king and all his attendants who heard all these words showed no fear, nor did they tear their clothes. They were brazen. And this is what sin does, the the arrogance and the brazenness of the mind uh, is put on display. God exposed and God exposes the sinful heart. So, verse 25, even though Elnathan, Deliah, and Jeremiah urged the king not to burn the scroll, he would not listen to them. Instead, king commanded Jeremiah, the son of the king of uh, the king, Sariah and Ezrael and Shelemiah, son of Abdiel, to arrest Baruch the scribe and Jeremiah the prophet. But the Lord had hidden them. So <clears throat> Jehoiakim wants to destroy the messengers uh, of the word. Uh, he would not receive the word of God. And so This is what God says. Verse 28, God says, take to Jeremiah, take another scroll and write on it all the words that were on the first scroll, which Jehoiakim, spoken of in Daniel 1.1, king of Judah, burned up. Also tell Jehoiakim, king of Judah, this is what the Lord says. You burned that scroll and said, why did you write it? Uh, write on it that the king of Babylon would certainly come and destroy this land and cut off both man and animals from it. Therefore, this is what the Lord says about Jehoiakim, king of Judah. He will have no one to sit on the throne of David. So, When we go to the New Testament and we read the book of Matthew, we see that um, Joseph is in this line. Joseph, uh, who was married to Miriam, who gave birth to our Lord and Savior Jesus, uh, he was in this royal line. And 
And it is at this point, because of what Jehoiakim did to the word of God, that uh, this family line, this royal line is cursed. He will have no one to sit on the throne of David. His body will be thrown out and exposed to the heat by day and frost by night. I will punish him and his children and his attendants for their wickedness. I will bring on them and those living in Jerusalem and the people of Judah every disaster I pronounce against them because they have not listened. Now, in the Greek New Testament, there's a particular word that has to, uh, to do with failure to hear the word of God. It is an awful uh, and destructive type of sin, a failure to hear a refusal to hear. Uh, and uh, it is, a, it is a, uh, a very serious thing in the word, a failure to hear. Really, it is a refusal to, uh, to hear with a view to obeying the word of God. Uh, Deuteronomy 6.4, and also in the New Testament, a failure to hear the word of God. Uh, And so when we say we hear the word of God, it is what? used to hear with a view to obey. James talks about uh, those, he says, don't be mere hearers of the word, but, uh, you know, deceiving yourselves. And uh, he says, but be ye doers of the word. Don't merely hear and deceive yourself. So there are people who have not been trained to understand that when we hear the word, we are culpable for the word that we have heard. God knows the word that we have heard. And when we fail to Here with a view to obeying, we're culpable for our sin. So, uh, verse 31, I will punish him and his children and, and his attendants for their wickedness. I will bring on them and those living in Jerusalem and the people of Judah every disaster I pronounce against them because they have not listened. So Jeremiah took another scroll and gave it to the scribe Baruch, son of Neriah. And as Jeremiah dictated, Baruch wrote on it all the words of the scroll that Jehoiakim, king of Judah, had burned in the fire. And many similar words were added to them. So uh, now I'm going to go to Daniel. So I needed you to have that this background because I want you to see how uh, now Jerusalem is gone. It, the walls have been knocked down, and it has been burned. But God has another person, and he, God has God is going to raise up Nehemiah to go back and to build up that wall. And God has another servant who is going to go back 
and began building the city. But God has his people for a specific task. Jeremiah, uh, Daniel 6, 1 reads, It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss, literally might not suffer damage. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to sit him over the whole kingdom. Remember God did this with Joseph? At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy. And neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, now uh, that's a different word in the Hebrew, these men. It, it's a word that, that really castigates who and what, uh, what these individuals are. We will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. Just think about our time. Think about oh, what we are facing today. So the administrators and the satraps went as a group to the king and said, Oh, King Darius, live forever. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce a decree that anyone who prays any god or man during the next 30 days except to you, O king, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, O king, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the laws of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. So, King Darius put the decree in writing. Now, so at this point, they believe they have sealed Daniel's fate through this immutable, unalterable law. The decree is in writing. Just think about what the Pharisees believed when they had uh, the temple police arrest our Lord Jesus Christ put him through six illegal trials. Uh, these trials all occurred at night, which is, is illegal in, uh, in Hebrew law. And because the Pharisees did not have the power to issue a decree of death, they had to uh, take him to the governor who could issue a decree of death against Jesus. When Jesus was, uh, was beaten with the cat of nine tails, when they had put that crown of uh, thorns upon his brow, when they had uh, robed him in purple, 
and they blindfolded him, and the soldiers spat up on him, and they beat him about. And after Jesus was beaten with the cat of nine tails, he was led out uh, to be crucified. When Jesus was crucified, the Pharisees believed this was it. They had put an end to Jesus. Now, all these are extreme examples of what man does, what man can do, what man's evil designs are. And Luke writes in the, in the Greek that they dance with childish glee before the cross because they had believed they had defeated their enemy. Notice what's going on here in verse 9. So King Darius put the decree in writing. Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the window opened toward Jerusalem. Now remember, Jerusalem has been raised to the ground. It is there no more. Three times a day. Now you know the spies were watching him. Look, there are people who watch your life. They watch you very carefully. They may not act like they're watching you, but there are people who watch you. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. So they knew who, Dan- who Daniel was. They went and manipulated the king into writing this decree and making it law. Now, so, verse 11, then these men went, at, went as a group to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days anyone who prays to any god or man except to you, O king, will be thrown into the lion's den? King answered, the decree stands in accordance with the laws of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. So, now remember, your enemies, uh, they keep watch over your past. Now, the word uh, that has been transliterated as man in verse 5, and the Hebrew is the word heroes, because that's what they believe themselves to be. Your enemies believe that they are heroes against you. Understand that. So then they said to the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or the decree you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. When the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. Now, this king loved Daniel. Why? Because we read about his character. He was trustworthy. He was neither corrupt nor negligent. Daniel's heart was not filled with mental attitude sin. Daniel had no jealousy in his heart. He had the grace of God in his heart. And so when you have the grace of God in your heart, uh, 
and the word of God had given Daniel ability to possess complete understanding about his situation. Daniel learned about his situation. Daniel had a complete perception about what was going on. Daniel trusted God. And so now they go as a group. Remember, O king, remember. So verse 16, so the king gave order, gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, may your God whom you serve continually rescue you. Now, understand that at this time, Daniel was between 82 and 86 years old. So, verse 17, a stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. Remember in the gospel that after Jesus had been crucified, his body had been prepared for burial by those who loved him. Because those who loved him went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus, and he allowed them to take the body of Jesus, and uh, so he was anointed. He was he was washed and anointed, and the spices were brought in, and then Jesus' body was wrapped, and then a separate napkin was placed about his face, and he was placed in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. Then a stone was placed over the mouth of the tomb. And uh, there was a hot wax brought, and there was a, uh, the, 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 the seal of the Roman government was placed over his tomb. This was it, so that no one could get to the body. Notice what the enemies of God do. And notice, this is government. In the case of Jesus, he what? Uh, who, who were his enemies? Government. The Herodians were the politicians. Then you have the uh, Pharisees who were the conservatives, and you had the Sadducees who were the liberals. Notice the three. They got together in order to destroy whom they said was their common enemy. That was so... Now, this is what happened to Daniel. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king filled it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. So his enemies used hot wax to mark their approval of Daniel's faith. Think about that. Remember, Paul wrote, I bury my my body, uh, the mark the marks of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, this is it for Daniel. But the king in verse eighteen returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without any entertainment. So this was a euphemism for uh, what is called the winching house. Uh, his serving girls that entertained him, etc. He didn't want any of that. Uh, he could not sleep. 
so the king had spiritual insomnia. He could not sleep. And at first of dawn, at the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. And when he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice. The king loved Daniel. And uh, this is always so moving to me. And so the king, in an anguished voice, says, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you continually serve, been able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel, and he shut the mouths of the lions, and they have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I ever done any wrong before you, O king. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. That is, this is a type of the resurrection. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found upon him because he had trusted in his God. There's so much to do, but I'm, I can go in here, but I'm, I'm nearing the end of my time here. At that command, at the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and thrown into the lion's den along with their wives and children. And before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bodies. And King Darius wrote to all the people, nations, and men in every language throughout the land, may you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and he endures forever His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lion. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not on thine own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will give thee the desires of thine heart. Daniel's enemies could not defeat him, because Yahweh fought for him. When you are faithful to the Lord, God will fight for you. Your enemies will be amazed that in spite of what they thought would crush crush you to death, God prepared and prepares a table for you. Presence of your enemies. Never forget that we serve the living God. The blessings that you have today are from his hand because he knows your faithfulness. And God blesses faithfulness. Those who are spiritually faithful will receive blessings from God. When he opens a door, no man can shut it. When he shuts a door, no man can open it because of this is God's decree for you. And I want you to become conversant 
with the decrees of God. And notice what man had designed or evil men had designed for Daniel by what? Taking hot wax and putting their signet rings in it to seal his fate. When men condemn you to death, that doesn't mean that God is done with you. Good evening. My name is Dr. Josiah Rich, and God bless you.